Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal with your host, Kamen Neutron. Broadcasting from the top floor of the Radio Nope World Headquarters in Oakland, California. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and cover power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shop and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Yeah, everybody. There we are. That's the stuff. This is the place we are having the time. What time are we having? The best time because it is it is time. It is time. It is time for protonic reversal. It is time. It is time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It is time for Protonic Reversal. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. One, thank, uh, thank you all. Thank you, one, thank you all. I am loving this. Today, of course, is a very, very special day. A very special day indeed. We have a fantastic guest for the show. Uh, none other than the one, uh, the only, Justin Trosper of Nocturnal Habits, Survival Knife, and, oh, you know, a little band you might have heard of, the Young Gins. No, Unwound. What? I said Unwound, damn it. I'm very excited to talk to him. I, he's a He's a great dude, fantastic musician, and I think this is going to be a very, a very good time. We're going to play a couple songs, get you in the mood. Uh, real quick, this is a crazy time. This is a crazy place. It's funny when you when you take a month and a half off from doing anything, you don't expect the entire world necessarily to be different when you come back. But that's sort of what's going on, so... Yes, Donald Trump is president. That is that is a thing that that actually happened, and we're all dealing with that. I have considered the validity of doing this show going forward, and uh, who that really serves, and what the best paths forward are for me, and and what I do, and what I ultimately decided is these kinds of conversations are important, and I don't think I think the voice that this show has is not heard elsewhere i think that means something just like it says in the <laughs> the beginning of the show so there's going to be more protonic reversal and we're going to keep bringing you the the very best of why these amazing people do what they do and i guess it's going to be also uh how we all kind of get through this life as well so expect more expect more in general, that's a good life ethos. Expect more out of life as well, but expect more from Protonic Reversal. 
Expect more from Radio Nope. Not sure what else there is to say. We're going to talk to Justin Chosper. We're going to figure it all out. Okay? Sounds good? Sounds good to me. Let's listen to Good Grief. This is Good Grief by Nocturnal Habits. This is a Radio Nope world premiere. Eternal Habits, New Skin, Justin Trasper, coming up next. Get into it. Radio Note. Skeleton. 
There it is. New skin. Nocturnal Habits. That is off of the most excellent, most excellent Nocturnal Habits record. And uh, with us now, we are joined by none other than the amazing Justin Trosper. Hi, Justin. Hello. Greetings. Welcome to the show. It's uh, very exciting to have you. Greetings from the Northwest Snowpocalypse. I was going to say, yeah, it's a... uh, first of all, there, there's two things here. I didn't realize that that outro was as long as it was, so that was kind of cool. We got you got some cool underbed of your own music there while while you mentioned that. And I was I was actually going to ask how the weather was up there. Uh, it started snowing today, and it's not nearly as bad as that. Uh, the storm of the century that happened in October, though I'm sure. No. <laughs> if it if if we're just going to jump right into it. I think this Nocturnal Habits record is a great sort of like winter fall record, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the not not totally intentional, but definitely in in the in the back of my mind. I mean, yeah. It, it, so I think that there's a, a through. We're just gonna dive right into it. By the way, if that, yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like to me like there's a through line to some of the stuff that you guys and Unwound did. Uh, with leaves into this that uh, you know the, the, the sort of like more lush arrangements almost like shoegazy elements as well but then not sacrificing the sort of kind of interesting freak factor uh, sort, of, sort of guitar parts and whatnot but like not rounded edges necessarily but just really like hits in a really kind of like wintry fall sort of way I guess might be the best way to put it I'm, I'm describing this for someone that's been literally paid money to describe music I'm doing a terrible job of this but <laughs> it sounds like it's surroundings I guess might be uh, a, a good way to put it but I, I mean that in nothing but the the most utmost respects I think it really works and I think that there is a sort of almost cinematic element to it and I wonder how much of that just kind of was that intentional to just kind of end up that way or what what was well, the, what was the deal with this? What's the deal? Um, what's the deal wait. with that? <laughs> um, the well, you said surroundings, and then that that did did trigger a thought that um, you know, if we're kind of making a connection between the last Unwound record and this record that just came out. Um, the and they both are kind of uh, the. The last time my record came out probably in late summer, but it was also unintentionally very much a like autumn fall, right? Kind of thing to going on. I mean, in a even in a conceptual kind of way, but um, both I guess so those records were kind of conceived in in places f- sort of far away from people. <laughs> So, um, you know, when, when we were doing the Unwound record, we had, I was living in a house out, um, outside of Olympia and we, that's where we built the studio and, uh, Magrec one, right? Right. Yeah. And which was, you know, this definitely out, you know, way out there and kind of, uh, quiet, dark (laughs) place. Um, it, it, point being is that that the setting of 
was definitely a part of that recording. I mean, it was conceived and written and um, everything in this one place and also recorded there and stuff. And, and likewise, the the record that I just made um, was, you know, I, I've been I've been living out near Olympia, but outside of Olympia for a number of years now. And, um, and all the songs that were from this record, a lot of them were sort of written, um, on downtime from work and stuff just, but, you know, on like a, a little backpacker guitar that I have. And, um, and so, I guess in some ways, definitely the the setting and surroundings um, influence that. Although, you know, clearly it's like, especially this new record is very technologically um, advanced compared to anything else I've done. So, <laughs> totally done on a computer and uh, all that kind of stuff. And oh, interesting. Okay, because yeah, because Magrec One was. I mean, you guys recorded the tape. It was like sort of the classic. Yeah, analog no computers involved type of setup you know even and, though there were <laughs> i don't know you know it was kind of funny we we chose to make this analog studio right right on the right as the digital revolution happened <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not not even like in a stubborn sort of way just sort of like oh wow hey we've got a studio now and people are like, well you know there's like this thing called pro tools <laughs> <laughs> did, did you buy some uh, stock in web van too while, while you were at it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but no, in fact, yeah. In fact, I even got that and then just gave up recording altogether. But <laughs> so, and, and it's interesting because I've, so I recently started watching that sound breaking series that PBS produced. Yeah. It's like with, out of George Martin's production studio. It's kind of like the history of recording, right? Oh, I and, should look at it. Super good. Highly recommend it. I haven't seen all of them. Uh, the fuckers <laughs> took it down like for streaming until like it finishes rerunning on PBS. Oh. <laughs> so I watched half of it like on my own time and then now I got to like watch it in real time like a like a plebeian. <laughs> uh, but really interesting in that, you know, it, it kind of strikes the dichotomy between the you know, uh, typical recording practices, you know, like w- with the Beatles, let's say, and, and, you know, the, so the dawn of analog recording versus how things changed with digital and not just like using the studio as an instrument, like the beach boys or like the Beatles did, but like, you know, just all the crazy things that you, you can do when you record digitally. So as far as your process goes and how that translated to your music, what, what's the biggest change you think from doing like the classic two inch tape, with like the with with the with the big board to just doing it all on the computer. What's what do you think that changed with your process? Um. Well, I, you know, sort of the biggest change was, or for me is, um, I you know I kind of I I put off doing computer recording for a long time. I, I in fact I got a computer, um, for for that reason even um say let's just say ten years ago or so, and then. I started picking away. I started kind of like, oh, okay, I should figure out how to use GarageBand at first. And I hated it so much. It was so uninspiring that I just immediately <laughs> gave up. <laughs> Don't mince words. How'd you feel? <laughs> you know, so I was just like, nah, uh, this, I, you know, it's sort of part and parcel of a whole 
general life thing. You know, it wasn't, it was just like, I wasn't ready to get involved in, and try to learn a whole new thing. And, you know, I did, I didn't really, honestly didn't really have much I wanted to say <laughs> anyway. So I was like, well, I, maybe if I had had a project that I was like excited about, it would, right. that would have been a case, which is the case now, you know, like I, uh, you know, we, we'd started survival knife and we did a record. Um, and that, that was sort of, sort of traditional meets new, you know, it's like new meets old. We did, we used, a uh, you know, a traditional mixing board and, and even tried to mix that way and part of it. Um, but that was sort of a little bit more of an intro into the getting used to the interface of using the computer and pro tools and stuff. And then, um, once I, you know, once I kind of had done that, I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting to production mode again. I'm kind of into this. I'm, I'm more comfortable with this whole process now and I've accepted, you know, I've, I've accepted it. <laughs> and so, you know, that was, I was like, okay, I turned on GarageBand and start fiddling around with it. And, um, um, and, you know, I had all these songs that I wanted to make a record out of. And so, you know, I just started basically fooling around in the same way as it's like, like a four track. Um, and you know, it's still kind of how, um, I, I, like other people that ask me like, Oh, I, I just can't get in. I, I can't get into the computer thing. And I'm just like, just pretend it's a four track. You can treat it exa- almost exactly the same, right. except that there's no cassette. You know, you can, you can do it so stupidly. <laughs> you don't even have to edit. You can like literally just treat it like a tape. Yeah. Just treat it as like a tape recorder in a room where you just, yeah, <laughs> you just, just turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> like a complete, you know, like caveman if you want you don't have to know any of the um tricks really you just have to learn how to you know push record rewind for you know fast forward (laughs) um so i kind of was just approaching it that way i was like okay this is what i you know i understand this and and then you know it sort of evolved but um i you know i was also playing around i bought an ipad and I started discovering like there was all these amazing synthesizers, you know? And so I was building up this, um, you know, using a MIDI controller, my iPad had, you know, I had say, I probably, you know, I spent, I probably actually ended up spending almost $200 on apps, but, but I had all these amazing synthesizers that were the cost of like, I mean, you know, like even one analog synthesizer would, would, is like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And, um, then you've so got all of them. You've got like the whole pantheon. I have, I have all of them and they're, they're deep. <laughs> you know, like, I don't even know how to use them. Um, it's funny, right? As but, you mentioned that survival fork in the chat box was asking if you had survival fork. That's good. Uh, had, was using the iPad version of GarageBand. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's synergy. I guess they're not. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah. This is like a part, the whole thing is part of this process it, it likewise, back, if you go back in time, 15, 20 years ago, when we were doing that studio, the whole thing was that, you know, none of us had gone to recording school or anything like that. We, we you know, recorded some records, mostly with Steve Fisk. Right. Learned some stuff there. We had four tracks and, you know, we learned little, picked up things here and there. And then once we built that studio, we were doing all this trial and error stuff. We made these replicants records, me and Brand, 
and Vern had done this longhand longhand legs record, and we you know we'd kind of done all this experimental stuff before we made that unwound record, and it was all this learning process and stuff. So you know, I kind of like put a pause button on all that. Um, but you know, I had learned a lot, and I did engineering for other people, you know, in the analog realm. And when I kind of came back to it, you know, it was a little bit like that whole, you know, uh, you don't have you don't forget how to ride a bike exactly. Um, so. Um, right, so you still kind of, have the skills, even though you're using different tools. So why processing was very, very intuitive, you know. And then, and then, you know, yeah. Then I'd also spend a whole night, um, you know, pulling out my hair, swearing, and everything, uh, googling, going onto forums, trying to figure out some very simple, like keystroke, <laughs> like shortcut for pro tools or something you know so you know there's all this kind of stuff but i mean that's also you know sort of the amazing thing about how things are now it's like before if you if your studio was having a huge hang-up you might shut it down for the for days until someone came in and fixed it or or you know you had to get some engineering friend of yours to figure it out or whatever now you just like oh i'll just uh go into the search engine and there's about someone's already, someone has already had this problem. Right. So exactly. They they may have, everybody has that you have to have at least once while you're learning how to do something, you know? Right. It's like, no, even whether you care for their, the product of what they make or not, someone somewhere has had that problem and you can Google that (laughs) for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Someone out there is just as stupid as I am. And, someone else has already figured it out and that's great so um yeah so uh i don't i i think i kind of rambled there on the process but well it's so it sounds like you're you're taking advantage of the of the new tools but aren't necessarily let that you aren't letting that like really control like the entire process it's, it's almost as if it's just like an easier interface for uh, putting putting ideas down and just utilizing the technology for, you know, you don't have to have like a room full of synthesizers. You can just <laughs> kind of swipe yeah. left and right until you find one you like. Right. Right. And it's, and part of it's like, and the way this record was made was it's, it would be like if you went back and you had, you did your four track demos and then you took your four track demos and just started adding tracks to those and then redoing those. Like everything literally did start out as a, like as a demo on GarageBand. And then was either redone or just layered over. And then, you know, it went into different studios after that. So, you know, all the songs kind of started out at my home computer and then went somewhere else, you know. And so it ended up in all these different actual studios, um, you know, most of which was my friend's studio in Olympia. Um, He has sort of like an advanced home studio that he records a lot of um, stuff in is sort of a analog slash digital thing. Kind of mixed. Then, yeah, yeah, kind of like everything, I guess, that of real studios. And then, then a lot of it was recorded in Portland. At um, Glacial Pace has a studio there. So, um, so you know, we were we were doing the the actual drums down there for some of the songs, which which Sarah London played on. And then you mm-hmm. know, I was sending off files. To other places, like, you know, Italy, we went to a studio there and then went to down to Dale in L.A. to their studio. And then, you know, I 
went down to LA and recorded at Dave Stone's home studio, you know, so there's kind of this whole, I mean, that's kind of what's so fun about making a record like this was, I mean, part of it was like putting together this whole puzzle, like asking, you know, like having an idea and like, Oh, maybe, you know, I'll ask this person, see if they're interested in, in, you know, contributing or getting involved with it somehow and then making that happen somehow and then going somewhere and, and just having like this hard drive or, or emailing a file and then bringing it home, listening to it and then, and then build a little bit back at home, like sort of, and then send it off again, you know? So it was like a, right. it was a long process. It took you know almost two years, but, um, but you, you can have that adventure of like taking one thing over this way and one thing over there and have this person playing on it. And it isn't like you're taking like entire reels of tape and yeah. Like it would have been, would have been impossible. I mean, not impossible, but very costly to make something like this so long ago, you know, but people were making records like this, you know, major label records a lot of the, in the seventies and stuff where they were, well, we're going to, we recorded a little bit in New York and then, <laughs> right. You know, at electric lady land. And then we went to sunset sound and then, you know, and then we took it to Randy Razorblade and he did his magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we mixed it for a month and threw away all the mixes, but you can do that now. Not, not as quite as cool, but <laughs> no. And, and it's, I mean, I'm sure that's a lot of fun when it's someone else's money and you're, you're in like a different yeah. era, but <laughs> it's, it's cool that, uh, I, I mean, you, you've got a record that kind of grew, uh, just as, as these like demo digital recordings, but you've also got, I mean, you've got Dale on a, on a couple of the tunes, you've got Sarah Lund playing drums. Like you have, it's like, it sounds like a band in a room. That's what's so interesting about it to me. And, yeah. And it absolutely isn't. So yeah, that's... No, no one played together ever, not even once on the record. So, which is fascinating because you, you, I mean, you, you certainly could fool the, the layman, and uh... well, hopefully that's that's the you know, I mean, that's the intended thing is is if you know, kind of like when you like when you go to a movie, if you're kind of hung up on like how the movie is being made the whole time, their their magic isn't. Being, hasn't been created, you know, because movies, you know, right. they're all put together. They're, you know, it's not like I, I always make the analog or the analogy, like you know, a, a record's more like a movie, whereas a live performance is more like a play, you know. And so, you know, a record, but in, in any case, it should trans transport the the listener or the um, onlooker to to the um, to the whatever to that little universe that you're creating so so even though it's it's uh not a live record at all it hope hopefully people forget that pretty soon whether they know it or not and just the music takes them somewhere so well and it's interesting now because was was there ultimately the idea behind this that hey it'd be cool to like play shows with this or was it just something that you you hadn't even gotten that far with it and that was that was not even on the agenda initially it was sort of i didn't you know i didn't know um i kind of wanted main idea was just to have an ongoing project um an ongoing recording project that didn't um depend on a a band per se right um of course now it's sort of evolved to 
where there is a band playing the songs. And so, which has its own life kind of apart from the record, you know? So, or apart from my, um, my, you know, my original kind of vision or whatever, which is good. Um, cause part of the, part of the idea is also hopefully that it would spark, um, at least, you know, in my little world, it would spark further collaborations, whether it was within this project or, um, you know, uh, Anna Huff, she sings two songs on the record. We made a record, uh, or I recorded her um, a number of years ago, and I always had wanted to do something again with her. And so this was sort of to initiate that, um, got her to come in and sing, you know, and, now, and then, you know, immediately after we're like, let's, okay, let's do this again. Let's do this on your project or whatever, you know, right, or let right. me help project or whatever. And, um, that also that, you know, I mean, people, you know, this is, it's not like a new concept, like, Oh, so-and-so is playing on this record or, you know, but, um, to, to sort of get away from that, that, um, democratic band nucleus idea and have it something that could be, malleable and evolve and not be stuck to like three or four people's personalities. And, you know, sort of, I, I kind of want to be, you know, either the benevolent dictator <laughs> or, the, or, or, um, you know, like, like, like a South American president. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I got the reference. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a total fascist. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, musical fascist. No. Um, uh, what was I saying? Uh, or, you know, just sort of pulling, you know, or, or getting, you know, like this record is sort of, I, you know, I definitely had these songs were already kind of created. Like I was telling you, I put it, I made it all in GarageBand. I used Smart Drummer <laughs> to make the, basic idea of some of the stuff and then, you know, gave people, okay, this is kind of what I did make it a little bit better. And so in, in that sense, the collaboration is a little bit, a little bit limited, you know, in terms of the songwriting element is really mostly me or, you know, all me and the performance is what's happening on the record, you know, and then likewise live, you know, you have two different versions. You have a, a, a performance that's on the recording and then you have a performance that comes across live and then, and everybody who's in the band now has like, you know, whatever they're like, can I do this a little bit like this? I'm like, yeah, right. Make, it just shouldn't sound like the record. Otherwise it'll, it, it, that's kind of like a boring approach, you know, they're going to put their own voice to it. And, and that's, yeah. that kind of segues into something I want to mention. Cause having seen you guys, uh, live, I mean, you and Sarah obviously have a, you know, that that kind of telepathy you get, <laughs> pretty much just from playing music with someone for like so long, and uh, you know, just getting that kind of uh, being able to play off each other and kind of and know like instinctually like where someone's gonna go. But then by the same token, because you're playing with the folks from Two Ton Boa, they have that too. <laughs> so yeah. it's it makes you sound guys and realize I mean this as a compliment. It makes you sound like a band that has been playing music together on a stage for a lot longer than you have. <laughs> well, and that's good. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's all like sort of I guess a collect, collected capital of um 
chemistry and stuff, you know, and, um, but yeah, it's interesting. You, you, you brought up that. Yeah. It's essentially two bands. Um, it's a merger. Yeah. A merger. And then (laughs) a a merger. Yeah. Wow. Um, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) To be fair, I said that to Jared when Jared and Cody joined, uh, Melvin's too. So yeah, that's that's a great merger. (laughs) Great merger, dude. He's like, shut up. Great for the stockholders. (laughs) (laughs) So we get a split or how does that? Okay. Yeah. How is it? Yeah. How's it going to work? Um, and then the, the other guitar player, Matt, he, he has recorded, he didn't record unwound, but, um, he's definitely, you know, he recorded a lot of the, uh, habits record and he recorded the last two ton boa record as well. So he's, he's like a sort of this, I guess with those five people, like a intermediary between it all, like sort of like, even though he's not playing on the records, he's kind of part of the masterminding of how it kind of evolved, you know? And so, and then playing, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a super talented musician, um, and engineer kind of genius type person. Um, sort of, he's more of a director than I am, which was great because, uh, I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of like a hippie or something. I'm like, that's cool, man. Just keep (laughs) or whatever you're doing, you know, I'm just trying to be, or like maybe like someone's mom. I'm I'm like someone's mom. Oh, that's, you know, that's cool. Or I I could be like someone's dad too, but, but mostly music wise, you know, I'm more like, I think I'm more like a mom and um, Matt's like, "Uh, no, we really need to play that again. (laughs) Or right. Yeah. Look, come on. You know? So, um, so it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun band. Yeah. And 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 I'm really glad that it turned in, it's turned into what it is. It's not, you know, um, the beginning, like I was telling you, I've described the beginnings of how the record was. It's, I never intended it to be just like, um, exactly one thing. The only intent was for it to be something that could, change over time and according not according to just my whims but other to what other people come in and out and and throw in their you know throw in their coin right bucket or yeah it's (laughs) yeah no and and it's it's interesting that yeah it it melds so well uh in in a live environment and it does kind of seem it seems like you kind of we're able to, by way of doing it this way, sort of skip past that one phase of, uh, you know, not awkwardness, but just the kind of like the kind of get and going phase. You kind of- yeah. <laughs> that, in a way, it, I, yeah, it was a, a huge sigh of relief. Um, when the practices went really well and I was like, okay, <laughs> this is, and you know, coming out and playing, we, we did, you know, a handful of shows and, had a pretty good turnout and, and everything. And I mean, it a little bit felt like, okay, yeah, I, yeah, I do have to start all over every time and do something. I kind of have to start over again. But, um, but that, um, yeah, there was like, like you said, there's a little kind of getting past some of the awkward stage. And, and part of that also is, you know, at first it was a cover band. We're like, okay, how are we going to do these songs? You know, we're, you know, we're sitting there with someone's, iphone 
listening to the SoundCloud <laughs> page going, okay, wait, reverse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Precisely. I didn't <laughs> you know, so. Well, um, yeah. So it, it was that, and then, you know, more and more goes in, and you go, okay, now these are, the, now that it's a band that's not a cover band, it's its own thing. It has its own feel. It has its own. Yeah, uh, it has its own. Yeah, and it's interesting to, like, it's almost kind of starting from the the finished product and kind of reverse engineering it to a certain degree, but then, like, it comes out a little bit different. Like, it's almost like a time travel story. Like, I didn't see that, uh, whatever the time travel movie was where the, the dude aged backwards. I didn't see it, but I presume it's like that. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and for me, that's a, a little more interesting than doing the um building a band from scratch um right which which is great i mean it's it's very rewarding you know it takes a while though <laughs> it what? takes a long takes year you know i mean it, this i mean this in itself will whatever whatever it becomes will be whatever but like you know taking a band and going okay especially if i mean if you go back way far far back you know it's like I think about my evolution with, I mean, I, I, I've been lucky to have kind of a core group of people that, um, uh, have this sort of chemistry and friendship with that I've been able to collaborate with over years. Um, but you know, in the last few years I've been kind of keeping my feet on in two, two sides there, you know, like one, you know, the survival knife brand, and then there was two new people. And then, this new, the live version of this thing, you know, I have Sarah and then all these other people that I hadn't played with before, you know? And so, um, so, so part of it's a little bit easier because there is that chemistry that's already there, but then there's also this new challenge, you know, and the new dynamic and that you have to learn and get through. Yeah. This is a different set of challenges than say, like, yeah. you know, your, your buddies that you meet with on Tuesday and then, you know, maybe you write a song or maybe, you know, only drinking occurs and nothing, nothing really <laughs> useful happens. It's yeah, very different. Yeah, there's and there's a, a sense of purpose too. You know, it's like okay, I, have, I made this record. We have to learn it and go play it because the record's out. Right. There's a goal. <laughs> there's a very palpable goal that is not yeah. going to be moved in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So. Yeah. So and that's good. I mean, that's sort of I like I like how how it's how it unfolded in that way. So. Well, and it's interesting because, like, it, it kind of it so it has its own voice and is is its own record. But I mean, there's a through line through all of it. Like, Survival Knife had like a little bit of a different sound, like a little proggier, I guess, for lack of yeah. a better term, right? Yeah. Uh, but you could hear like a lot of your voicings, uh, you know, things like. Oh, there's taking influence from Amandul and Black Flag, you know that, that that kind of thing, right? Whereas I think like with the Nocturnal Habits stuff, it's more like the um, it, it's able to bring in some of the more like majestic, <laughs> if that's the correct term, things <laughs> that like we saw especially in the latter day Unwound stuff that, yeah. you know, just kind of lets it like song's gonna take as long as it's gonna take to develop, and here we go, and. I think that's really cool, and I think it actually works really well. Again, having now been, I, I was able to see you, luckily, 
<laughs> in Los Angeles. And it was, uh, it made for a very powerful life experience that, you know, it didn't sound like Unwound or Survival Knife. It sounded like its own thing. But you, for people that like both of those things, you could find something there to latch onto in a very real way while you familiarize yourself with it. And that's that's just a weird, that's a needle that's hard to thread. I guess is what <laughs> is where I'm going with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, and and without being able, I mean, there's not, I guess, exactly a way to describe that other than that. You know, all the work. It's you know, it's cumulative, rather, You know, and so, um, all the the beginnings of all that all this is like 25 years ago, you know, or, or even a little bit farther back. And, and though, you know, there's ideas and themes and sort of sounds that were kind of worked out a long time ago. And, and, and I, you know, I think this is sort of true for anybody who sticks with whatever they're kind of some kind of art they do, like whether it's visual art or music or whatever that, you get this, it's part of your personality and you get this idea and you don't never, you don't really know what that is and you just start working on it. And it's this thing and it's like, it's, it's sort of you, but it, this is very hard to describe it. It's, it's like this sort of you-ness <laughs> and you're sort of chip. It's sort of like you, you're chipping away like a, like a sculptor, you know, and you're chipping away at this thing and it's starting to become, you start to, come into form and then and you're like okay that looks pretty good and then you you just try it again and you do this other and they'll there'll be this series of works that sort of look similar um and then one is getting better or one's evolving or you know one's more refined or or maybe the earlier ones are better because the sketch version was just more raw and more honest or something you know right and so i to me that's kind of what like why i mean maybe you know it's it People, you know, if they're seeing Nocturnal Habits play now, might, and if they were familiar with the other stuff, they, it wouldn't be a coincidence that there's something that's familiar or connective. And that's not just because, oh, that's just that little trick. It's because there is like a long, there's a, like a long arch or a long arc of creative momentum behind it you know there's a through line through all of it yeah, yeah. believe me this resonates for me in a, in a multitude of ways there's <laughs> this is kind of like an ongoing conversation that i've had uh, about a lot of things as well and it's yeah it, it's it's interesting to see and so on that same token it, it must be kind of interesting then with um with all those numero groups reissues uh, of all the unwound stuff uh you know, people kind of rediscovering that band and rediscovering that music. And then like a, a new audience kind of coming at it for the first time, like without the context of unwound being like a living band that's around. And, uh, you know, I, I think, and I need to pick them all up, but I thought, I thought those reissues were, were amazing. I thought they were like, kind of like wish fulfillment, what you think of when you want to re- <laughs> reissue, right. If that makes sense. Yeah, well, it, it almost seems like a a, a dream, I, and I don't mean like, more like literally like a dream. Like when I look, if, if I if I was to go look at them right now on my 
in the back room where my records are, be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> right. <laughs> what's what is this you know because it, you know it's like the process is already over pretty much and it's a, it's kind of done um and there was a lot of work involved in it and um of course i remember doing it but it's 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 like i i don't really it's hard to know how that even happened and it actually like that that it did happen in the way it and how it came out and um i mean yeah it's truly uh I, I would have never, you know, I think our ambitions, we, you know, we, we did have, we had talks about like, you know, we should probably try to re-release the vinyl sometime, you know, mm-hmm. and with no, no grand vision like that. No, you know? no Nothing. vision, no plan, just sort of like a vague. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, the way, the way it came, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's shocking in a way, but, um, and yeah, I mean, obviously it's an honor. Um, and, and also great to, and on a personal level, I probably said this before, just kind of feeling like the, you know, we were able to close the book on it and uh, put it to bed. <laughs> right. And so was there, I mean, do you, was it like a mixed bag, like going back and revisiting that? Like, do you like think of like path, like less traveled? Do you, did you kind of, were you able to look at it? I guess maybe the the subtext of this is were you able to hear it as music, which is something that I've <laughs> I've kind of used as as a litmus test when people get some distance to something. You don't hear like the you know, the context or the 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 mistakes or things you wouldn't you would change. You were able to like just hear it as like a some totality. Oh right, hear it as it is without yeah. I mean yes and no. I mean, um. Yeah, it, it was fun to revisit it. I mean, it was you know, some, some, somewhat fun, somewhat painful. Um, but uh, I actually, you know, like last summer, I put together a video, um, which is out now, I guess, um, on in the CD box set. Mm-hmm. So I, I edited the DVD, and and that was that was fun. But also, you know, it's like watching video footage of yourself for hours on end. <laughs> I, you know, I had to put on a, a special hat to do that. With, and I was like, well, this has to get done. I didn't have very much time to do it. I took on the tasks, um, sort of last minute. Um, but there, you know, I did kind of turn it into a little, a little mini party. Um, I had to, otherwise it would have been horrifying. So, uh, you know, I had to laugh about it and make fun of myself and, and everybody else. <laughs> but, uh, point of that was, yeah, I, uh, it, it, you're looking back and you're like, yeah, that's me. Um, you know, it's like what, you know, you're watching yourself. I mean, everybody can do this now because we're all on the internet. <laughs> everybody has photos, yeah. you know, people now grow up. And they're like, yeah, that was me in 2007. I was four years old, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not weird now. It's not considered like, oh, that's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, the video, you know, there's there's home, your family's home videos are all over Instagram and stuff. But um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes, like everything. But that's a whole another concept. But um, point being of that was that uh, the uh, yeah, trying to be just an observer. 
um, that's kind of how yeah, I had to do. Otherwise, it would be like, oh, my God, I, I got to go hide myself into a cave. <laughs> yeah. But, I, yeah, and so not to take it too seriously and not, you know, or beat yourself up for just whatever life, you know. It's just like life goes on. It's not that precious. And, um, you, you, you know, you can't you can't be too much of a perfectionist about the past particularly. So, um, uh, yeah. And, and also, you know, got good, com- you know, got good commentary from people like, yeah, the, the music still holds up, you know? Um, and, you know, there's, there's something to it. So, which is good. Cause I mean, that, that's, that's what you can hope for, um, that it's going to kind of not be totally stuck in, in a, in a time period. Yeah. And so what's interesting too, is that, I mean, to a certain degree, as much as, you know, inside the goldfish bowl, uh, you might be like, there's still kids that are finding out about it, that it's going to sound, you know, they're, they're going to have different contextual references to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're finding out for it for the first time, just like in the same way that, you know, someone finds like, a black flag record for the first time or a minor threat record for the first time or something along those lines. And, and they get to have that experience and now they get to, you know, potentially have that experience along with all the attendant, you know, nerd bait for lack of a better term that's in the box set, which I think is great. I, speaking as a nerd, like I, I yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean when I say nerd bait? Yeah. And it's it's fascinating to me because, you know, Unwound was was a very important band to me, and it, it was it's something where I couldn't always figure out where you guys were coming from. And I realize now, like when I'm a little older, that some of it's that just you develop your own thing, and you know maybe you were trying to rip off this one, and it came out like this, and hey, that sounds cool, let's try that, but. It's it's fascinating to me how time changes perception. And certain bands that, you know, sounded groundbreaking to me in the 90s, and I listen back now, and I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not naming names, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I think that the Unwound stuff still sounds pretty timeless for the most part. I mean, like, there's maybe a couple things here and there where it's like, oh, okay. But, like, for... Yeah. For such an incredible body of work, uh, you know, it, it holds up. And it's got to be surreal that, you know, you're on the inside, you know, warts and all, <laughs> able to remember every bad experience is every good experience that, that goes with it. But has that, is that something that you ever have to like, like deal with? Like other people's expectations of being this sort of like lofty, you know, uh, like like the vision of heaven that they have in movies, where everything's like white and, and like there's just, <laughs> there's light everywhere, sort of vision, not matching the reality. <laughs> um, I'm not sure the answer of that. Uh, I, I, uh, I you know I think yeah, Unwound was a, a while ago, and I and I took quite a long, you know, basically ten years between doing that and starting doing music well even at all really um and um like and i was kind of describing earlier you know there's there's a sort of an arc of time or a creative arc that 
is exists, but also that so much, you know, has happened in those years and just on a personal level and personal development, um, evolution, um, so on and so forth, music and otherwise, you know, and so kind of trying to thread that, that past without, without holding it precious or repeating it or trying to, um, even really exploit it and just trying to be like honest about where I am, um, and, in a, like in a, in a creative expression, um, I guess that's a challenge. You know, you kind of have, it's so easy to know what other people think about what you're doing and what they expect. And, um, and, and also it's also very easy to get frustrated if you're hearing feedback so quickly. Um, you kind of have to shield yourself, uh, to, to be, you know, somewhat honest about what you're doing. So I think, um, what I'm trying to say with what I'm doing now, when I, if, if, you know, obviously it's a, it's a great, um, advantage. I have a great advantage that I had this band that people still care about. Um, and those reissues, you know, obviously, you know, definitely revitalized an interest in that and, and gave me, um, some, some momentum, but then, you know, it's a two, it's a two edged sword, right? It's like part of it's like, well, the, people are instantly going to be comparing whatever it is to that to unwound the whole fully realized body of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, or what, you know, to be, to have this expectation. And I understand, I completely understand because I, I am a music fan and I have followed people's careers over years and years and years, or, or if they were already kind of dead and gone artists like that, you know, I know their the trajectory and I've, heard the solo albums and I poo pooed, you know, I, I totally get it. But, um, being on the receiving end of it, I, I, it's sort of like, Oh yeah. Um, it's great that, that people are paying attention, but it, I like, if I hear someone call nocturnal habits, post hardcore, <laughs> it's my face. They're going to get a, they're going to get an earful. Um, Has anyone done that? I, I, yeah, and so what? I, I didn't get a lot of press. Maximum rock and roll, I bet, right? But but it was just sort of it was a very lazy term that I heard a couple times that I was just like, no, 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 don't, don't. It's not. It's not. It doesn't have anything to do. You know, so not hardcore. You know, like I know I understand what post hardcore is. I understand why people call unwound that because it's definitely if you want to get all labely about it yeah there's that but but you know it's like when you get into the, this thing is so for me the development is just so unrelated to that but um but i you know there that's what i'm talking about like here i am kind of getting flustered thinking about the post hardcore thing if i ignored it and i just did what i want to do it doesn't matter you know and, and i guess that's right you don't get our, caught up in it yeah yeah that's kind of the challenge for anybody especially in this day and age you know, you get instant feedback. You put something on the social media and then all of a sudden you get the likes or the lack of response or whatever. And, um, or, you know, you put out a record and it may get reviewed by Pitchfork the next day or or whatever, however that works, you know? Um, whereas 
it, nothing's changed in terms of how we, uh, you know, we're looking for, um, uh, not adulation, but you know, a response from somebody when you put something out there, but not adulation, you, but conversation. Almost. They're conversation. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you're not, you're not fishing for compliments. You just want to see what people think. And that, that, that hasn't changed, but now it's so, I think it's all, you know, it's kind of poisonous in some way. So that bringing it back to the unwound thing, I, you know, you kind of have to be like, okay, that's great. I'm glad that I have this legacy, but I just have to do what I want to do. And it doesn't really matter. You know, it's like, just, just make another record. <laughs> right. I mean, ultimately, yeah. You, Go out you, there. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> yeah. And, and most, I would say most of my favorite artists, kind of have that attitude of just like, you know, I'm just going to go on to the next thing and, you know, it either it lands the way it did or it lands the way it didn't yeah. and it hit or it doesn't. It, off so, we go. so, um, yeah. So, um, well, and it's interesting that, uh, well, first of all, it's something I just want to note that it's fuck all to do with that part of the conversation. But I, I think it's amazing that Sherry plays bass with her finger, uh, with her thumb. Sorry, like I've I've never I've never seen that before. Like at least not in like a like cocktail jazz non-band. <laughs> uh, and then that just I just felt I felt like I needed to take note of that. Uh, I, I'm a big Tuton Boa fan too, especially. Oh, like, good. Yeah, the record the record they made just uh, now. Uh, I haven't. Oh, the the more recent one, I have not. No, the last the, the one I, I I don't even know. They they, they didn't promote it or anything. Um, yeah, I, until recently, I didn't know they had a new one. The last one that yeah. I I knew of was a uh, was it para parasiticide, the one with a cash machine on it that Congleton did with them, where uh, Nathan yeah. was playing drums, and that was a while ago. That was like ten years ago, maybe something like that. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, this just. Ago came out like a couple months ago they they self-released it um and we were we were selling it on tour but i mean one of the ideas we had but it was too too late of an idea was to have them play you know do two tomboa songs oh man on the tour but we just didn't have we did we barely had time to even put together that stuff yeah so, that, that sounds like um, the kind of thing that seems like a great idea until you're trying to do it and then i think yeah so, um, but yeah, they, uh, and, and it's, it's a totally, it t- sounds totally different than, than the previous stuff to me. So, um, yeah, but yeah, told, uh, it was, it was kind of a dream come true to get this, the band together to how, how it came about. Well, and it really does work well together and, you know, sounds very organic, which is, you know, something that a lot of bands have been playing together that did not come together that way don't sound. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> I think that, that's a wonderful thing. You know, that's great. But it's got to be, well, I know it's crazy. It has to have been crazy. This this tour you did, the the the, the mini tour that I, that I saw you on, like that was right, like in the middle of like the election. And oh, the, yeah. <laughs> So oh the, yeah, how, oh the yeah. <laughs> so how was that? I mean, that's that's. I, I wasn't there for the San Francisco show, which was the day after. Um, yeah. Well, I think you saw the LA show was better. Um, I, the San Francisco show was pretty rough. Um, he, I mean, I don't know if you made the connection 
uh, was this, okay, so Sarah and I, this tour, the last tour that we did playing together was after 9-11. And uh, this was 11-9. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was funny in a horrible way. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Not quite not quite the same not no not as scary i guess you know not the we were on tour during 9-11 and there was like i mean it was like oh wow is is world war three happening you know right. and yeah after you know actually you know after a couple of days we it seemed that changed but like you know we were coming down we were in Ashland on the election night and on our way to the, we were, you know, driving to San Francisco on the way there. We're like looking at our phones, watching the election results going, Oh, holy shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see what's happening? And then we're sitting in a hotel while it's all happening. And then like, Oh, great. Yeah. This will be interesting week. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. There's nothing other than a great grand coincidence that I think two of the most in my lifetime, um, tumultuous events in happened while I was on tour with Sarah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, um, that, that's it's, it's interesting. Very, it's a bookend in a way. It's not, not a, there's not, I didn't feel like a great fear, like, oh, I better get, you know, I better get home because there's going to be riots and this and that. It was just more like, oh. Wow. It's weird, it's weird, it's weird to travel when, when the atmosphere is tense like that. Yeah, and it's it makes for it makes for a bizarre environment is, is maybe the, the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. And that's no. a, you know, and, and I think not that I've really had the chance to opine about this because, you know, the sh- the show's on a little bit of hiatus while I, while I did my own rock and roll stuff. Um, but I think it's actually more important now than ever for people to kind of double down on, on you know, the, for lack of sounding like a hippie, you know, uh, the healing powers of music and community. And, and yeah. taking strength from that where you can. And... Yeah, it's <laughs> there's not much to say other than that. It's you know, I mean, it's well, bummer, I, dude. Yeah, well, there's you know, I thought about some of that. Like, uh, uh, you, I thought you know, like, oh man, what should I say something on stage? You know, like, right. I'm not really. I'm for one, you know, I mean, I'm doing an interview. I'm I'm talking, trying my best to talk. I'm not very. I'm not a necessarily the best person on stage to like have an eloquent sort of inspiring or even good tirade, you know? Right. And I, I sort of thought like, Oh man, this is a very like, this is on everyone's mind. Should I say something or, you know, and yeah, nobody's going to be like, Hey guys, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> totally cool. Just, yeah, whatever. Like life's awesome. Um, and <laughs> who uh, likes but, partying? Yeah. <laughs> Freebird. Um, I, you know, I, I, 
I didn't really have, I didn't really have anything to say. Cause you know, I mean, it's a little bit of the, it's like, what are you going to say? And, and you know, the, these, the, this set of songs that we're playing are very, uh, at face value, unpolitical, you know, a, not apolitical. They're not, they're not charged in that sense. They're very, um, more on the emotional side of life, you know, the, the right. inner, inner being, the dream reality, the, you know, not, they're not commenting about the outside world, really. They're, there is interpersonal relationships there. What's in your inside your head, what's inside your heart, kind of blah, 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 blah. That kind of more side of things. Yeah. Not, not, not everybody needs to be the day Kennedys. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and that's the point. What I was going to say was that, well, we don't need to be up. It, it's like just as valuable to be up or doing something that is on, you know, the spectrum the spectrum should be wide and, and, and everybody should have a, or not everybody should, but you know, you can have a wide palette of interests in the arts and music and stuff that fit the right mood. And, you know, and, and not, and no one's standing there to dictate what you should listen to and, and, or get up on stage and go, you know, fuck the president. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and then stage dive. Oh, you know, it's like, <laughs> The actual mood, I think, for a lot of people was like a, a bummer. You know, I mean, you know, not there's anger, and then there's also just like, you know, there's no there's no prescribed emotion to. You can't tell people how to react to anything, and I felt like, well, I think the whole thing of just it's it it has a very strong musical core, and um, people can take it or leave it, but if 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 they're sitting there for 45 minutes and just engaged and their brain is doing something other than circling the drain, then that's, that's good. And so, you know, I, I, I feel like hopefully that was, that was a, some kind of tonic right. to, uh, to the toxic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that you, you don't, <laughs> it's the kind of thing that nobody teaches you in rock school, is it? <laughs> they didn't they didn't teach us that they should they should have a critical incident stress program for rockers for touring musicians how, how to how to respond to american tragedies while on tour <laughs> oh man i think i think if there was such a class i, I think there's other things we could probably prioritize <laughs> but <laughs> yeah so survival knife kind of seemed from the outside to, to like it seemed like you guys were ramping up like it, it seemed like the great the great work was uh was was maybe like the greatest work maybe would have even been in the future like it seemed like you're kind of on a hot streak and then it kind of from the outside perspective sort of faded and then, yeah. then disappeared completely with no real explanation or anything so yeah uh, <laughs> i guess what i'm asking is what's up with that what happened um yeah, it was, you know, basically personal stuff with people that just didn't make it possible to do the band anymore. And so, and, you know, and, you know, obviously your personal lives are more or greater than a, a band. And so, um, yeah, I, I think we, 
I would have been really excited to make another, you know, another record. I think the record that we made was was pretty good. Um, it, it, you know, it wasn't completely the realized uh, product. I think that would have happened had we done another record. Um, but you know, life happens, so we just moved along, um, basically from it. So. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of work went into it. Um, but a lot of good came out of it and, um, good music, good times. Um, and you know, it's things splinter. So me and Bran are still involved in doing, uh, next, our next project is basically resurrecting the replicants. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Replicants never officially broke up, but, uh, um, which will kind of, I think, you know, th- that was a really fun band to do. And we, we were always kind of doing that on the side back in the, in the mid to late nineties. Right. And, uh, you know, mostly in Olympia, we did, we did some, some shows down in California and stuff, but, um, yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew replicants. I mean, I was also an unwound fan so i knew you guys yeah so wound, but it was it was like it was a good it was a good way for me and him to just do stuff together you know no pressure and so we're kind of kind of resurrect that as this thing to do kind of on and off i mean who knows maybe he'll play in the next nocturnal habits record <laughs> i was gonna say you guys have a long history together but, so you know it's 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 that that was the thing we've been talking about doing and and we've been talking to joe Plummer played he was big the big other gear of the machine of the last replicants cycle that we did so he's in seattle and we're in near around olympia area and so we're gonna kind of start chipping away at a new new thing with that so and just just like well we don't really need to start another band. The replicants never really broke up. So. Right, that's easy. You don't have to say it's a get. It's a <laughs> coming back if you never broke up. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a pretty good name. So yeah, well, you know, it's funny about that, and <laughs> I, I've been. I, I mean, you know, replicants band, obviously. But. Yeah. So what's interesting is I, one would say the, my best band name that I've ever had is directly because of you guys, um, which is. That uh, the, the the band I was talking, Which, so Replicator, was, uh, oh, is it was because of you guys we were just trying to figure out a name. I was walking with Chris, and he says, "Oh man, it's too bad those unknown guys named their one band uh, Replicator." God, that's such a good band name. And then I was like, "You mean Replicants?" He's like, "Well, actually, dude, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, right? Of course, I would say that." And then then he's like, "Well, is there a band called Replicator?" Is like. There is now, <laughs> because of course it was a different time, and there wasn't a thousand bands in every, you know, <laughs> there wasn't MySpace, there wasn't MP3.com, even, you know, like it was, it was a different time, and you could have a one-word band name, and you could pick it easily. But it's directly because yeah. of you guys, because he got the name wrong. So thank you for that. Good, good. <laughs> and what's funny is like, don't you know Blade Runner? Like what? Like what? How do you not know that? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's going to be a new Blade Runner. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see about that. I, I'll, I'll remain skeptical, but 
Yeah, it could be good. I'm, I'll, I'll Why would you remake that movie? That's idiocy. Yeah, it's it's not it's not needed. That's for sure. It's absolutely not needed. The only thing I could think of, and I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> whoever's doing that should be maybe you should just shelve it. <laughs> because I said. Because you said so. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> the only thing I could think of they could possibly add to it, and I and I think they would be able to do it now. But in the in do androids dream do androids dream of electric sheep? This whole concept of mercerism, like as a religion, which is pretty fascinating, but would have yeah. been impossible to do at the time. So I could see them introducing that as like, hey, it's different. Look, but I don't know. I I, I I'm I'm throwing them way too much credit for a, a bad idea. I, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> yeah. They, well, yeah. I mean, they could just do. Why don't they just do Blade Runner two? Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of brand, the, the the Leaves tour for Unwound. I so I saw you guys a few times after Leaves Turn Inside You came out, and I really enjoyed the first couple times. But you did it as sort of the classic uh, three piece. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and I enjoyed those shows, and I especially like enjoyed all the all the old songs, and I thought they presented well. But I think some of the some of the more lush arrangements on the Leaves Turn Inside You stuff, it, it's not that it fell flat; it's, it 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 was missing something, and that's something that I thought was interesting because next time I saw you, then you had uh, you had Brant playing with you as well, and was Dave playing with you then too? Dave Stone, I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Well, we did, we did a, I think we did one tour down to California with just Brandt. Right. That's... We did a four thing. And then, and then we did uh, a U.S. tour and West Coast tour with, with Dave. And that was something that I thought was so interesting because like that, you know, the minor quibble of like, oh boy, it almost like they need someone else playing the thing to get that song to do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> then you had it. And uh, by the way, best best overheard reaction for one of the shows, the blonde redhead. Uh, there were some, some some young kids that were, that were right next to me. They're watching, like, ah, this band's pretty good, but they're a total blonde redhead ripoff. <laughs> 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 I thought that was amazing. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. That and yeah. That was a, that was a rough little trip, but um. Not because we had to open up for them, but like that they, I mean, we were friends with them and they were like watching this shit show. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> the drama. Like, like what? what's going on with our friends? Yeah. So it was, it was, yeah, it was weird. But, um, yeah, yeah, we, we were, we were literally a, walking time bomb like it was like watching yeah yeah I, yeah if i was a to be a fly on the wall would i, I i'm glad I, I i'm glad i didn't observe it it was probably better being part of it somehow <laughs> yeah i mean it's almost like somebody once coined the term dead band rocking i thought, <laughs> I thought that was pretty i thought that was pretty good i don't think you guys were quite to that level yet but yeah yeah no just just uh yeah just uh whatever anyway well, um, well no but i mean it's so that said what what i thought was so was so interesting is that you know you were able to to bring it bring it all together 
in a really in a way that they presented those songs the way they should be presented and and gave it the i guess the the appropriate majesty that uh, that that it deserved and i thought that was really cool cuz it was like seeing a new stage of unwound develop uh but that said the last shows that you did you, you did that, that that bunch of like just west coast shows uh and you just kind of you went back to like the classic three piece it, i gotta say i don't i'm not gilding the lily here when i say that like one of those shows is one of the best shows i've ever seen and part of it just seemed like there was almost this like relief and freedom and like all the drama wasn't there maybe necessarily mm-hmm. uh but it, it was a fascinating turn of events for a band that turned out to be rather malleable uh in a lot of ways uh in sound as well as in function that i mean what was that like an emotional like time after you decided okay hey it's 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 donezo we're we're, we're done we're yeah. done doing this done uh well yeah i mean it's a little bit like a rocky movie i guess you know you there were there's like the defeat and then you have that one chance to be like okay get out there and do it again do it right and um <laughs> when you know, i'm done with a, you you're gonna crap lightning and spit thunder <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> exactly because this is it you know and i mean you know so we we put some stuff behind us and just you know because the way you know the way it would the way it could have ended would have been a lot more um it just you know a uh, very anticlimactic not only for us but just forever whoever saw some of the last shows were kind of like oh that was interesting good thing i saw them a couple of years ago you know it was just like not not a good way to go so um we uh we just kind of yeah it was just, uh, pulled up our pants and went out there and did it and um and yeah i think that all i think i think we did like for three to five shows uh, as a three piece um in 2002 and 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 it was good yeah trying to do the five piece was really hard um other than that we were uh you know having personal struggles that it was like it was very it's pretty ambitious and we were like we, we didn't have that many practices or I actually would call them rehearsals because it's a little bit like, okay, we're learning, learning. A lot of the songs were the same. They weren't done together in the studio. Some of them are all kind of right. Was constructed in, in a piecemeal way. So you're almost figuring out the live arrangement for the first time when you're in the practice room. Yeah. Yeah. And we were having troubles getting, uh, you know, we had, uh, Dave didn't live up here, so we had him come up, and so we had a kind of a time frame. Like, okay, we have this amount of time to practice, and that wasn't working out too good. There was because of some personal stuff, and so the time crunch was was heavy, and so we we kind of barely put together a set to do this whole U.S. tour, and. You know, um, it, it did work. I mean, it, it actually it worked, but it it wasn't. It didn't quite feel natural. Um, it, we just didn't have enough time. You know, I think had we done another tour or had more um, trigger time in the in the in the woodshed, <laughs> whatever right, you right. want to say, 
um, working that that new dynamic out, it would have been, um, it could have been really, really good. Um, I mean, and, and that's actually what's kind of satisfying now doing this, not amount, but the new thing as a five piece, it's like, it sort of uh, makes me look back a little bit and go, yeah, this is what this could have been. Um, the, the expanded lineup kind of, or the, the big sound thing, you know, and th- this is like what I was shooting for back then. So, and, and arcing so back it, to what we talked about at the beginning. Like, I think that it, the, that through line is definitely there. Like you can hear the, you know, the, not to use a furniture term, but the lushness of it to, uh, the, of the, of the arrangements and kind of like taking some of those ideas you know, whether they be like, you know, the, the almost Phil Spector-ness of, of adding things on and adding things on and taking that to the next logical step for it while not being necessarily copying uh, things that had come in the past. So it's, I think it's no, it's noticeable to me anyway. Yeah, it, well, it should be. I mean, and you know, not, not a lot of people necessarily need to pay attention or want to but like yeah i mean there's there's definitely an intent um and a and a sort of circle i keep saying this arc (laughs) to me like this whole this project the nocturnal habits thing is uh, for me is an is this thing where it's like this boomerang where you're i'm throwing it to the past it's coming back and you know and it's coming back to me and it's in a, it's it's very intentional. Like it's sort of supposed to remind people of the last iteration of Unwound, um, and you know, sort of. It's not like a it's not like a do over, but it's like okay, this is not exactly what Unwound would have done. But if if you were thinking about that, you're not completely off. <laughs> you know? a, a nerdy friend of mine. Whereas survival knife was not, there wasn't really any that that survival knife was very much this started out as me and Brant just getting together and then creating a new band with these other people and having that actually it became its own entity. Um, yeah, somehow it's somehow related. Definitely, you know, I'm one of the songwriters, but um, with this thing, it's way more involved in the psyche of the old like. Uh, baggage, <laughs> I guess. Right. Uh, I was gonna say a friend of mine characterized it as like a like a parallel universe <laughs> record that like came out like after after leaves, and I was like, oh, I don't know if that's entirely accurate, but I think I get where you're going with that. And I, like, it's kind of almost, yeah, yeah, that actually works, yeah. <laughs> like it's not exactly the same. Like there's maybe you know certain people never became president, or like maybe like Pepsi is in a different yeah. looking can, but. <laughs> Right. If you believe in multiple universes, it's entirely possible. So. (laughs) Right, and uh, so, so then it's interesting that you know, as you mentioned earlier, we were talking earlier about nocturnal habits and everybody learning these songs and sort of reverse engineering the band. Uh, do you think the creative process is going to kind of follow a similar line to the first record? Is it going to be like a more of a collaborative kind of thing going on? Like what are you, where are you, where yeah. you, what are your intentions? Well, it's open, you know, it, there's an open policy. <laughs> there's an open door policy. Um, I think it, 
you know, since there's, there's more ownership with people being involved in the band. Um, so I think they'll, you know, there'll be some more songwriting in that way. Um, I definitely will, I, you know, I know like, say, you know, I was telling you like, well, I mean, Brant are going to be working on a replicants project, uh, which may take up some, some of my, some aspect that might've gone into a nocturnal habits recording. It's kind of hard to say. Uh, I definitely want to reserve, um, that's the option of doing a lot of stuff on my own. Um, it just because it's, it's satisfying and it's also, I can get more done. It's like, uh, half the band lives in Portland and, you know, me and Matt are up near Olympia. It's like the, I, I know the way things work, especially when you're like around median age of 40. <laughs> yeah. It's much With, harder to get it, people in a lot. <laughs> It's like you're going to try to write an album from scratch um, all together in a completely, you know, in one room, you know, weekend after weekend. That's that's a noble effort. And that's great. And I commend people who want to try to do that. But for me, it's just like I, I want to get things done. I want more things to be done. I, you know, I've, like there's an urgency to what I do when I get on doing things that. Um, and I want, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of stuff I want to do. So it's like, yeah, well, maybe I'll just make two records. There you go. I mean, it's, and, sort, it's sort of like as great as leaves turn inside you one way and the other one the next, you know, cause that's the idea is like, there isn't necessarily one format that needs to be adhered to. Right. I, I hope that, yeah, I'm trying to get away from that. I feel like that's very stifling and not. For for where I am in life, it's just not very interesting. Well, and with with leaves, you guys recorded that over the course of like years, right? I mean, that that took a long time. So you did that. You don't need to. You don't need to do that again necessarily. Yeah, and that was a little bit of that thing, though. A lot of it was um, tooling around, you know, waiting or like, well, someone's not in town for a while, or you know, someone else is doing something. Um. You know, some of it ended up me like I'd be like, "Hey, Brant, you want to come over and help me? I need to do some recording." That's how how he got more and more involved with that record, right? Um, is because no one else was living in town. So, um, um, but yeah, I mean, part of that the, the pro. I mean, in a way, that the, the process of doing that record actually opened a lot of doors to 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 being like, "Oh, well." You don't have to make a record like we, you know, we did these, those, a lot of the, the, say the first three unwound records were very much like we went on tour and played those songs before we recorded them. You know, they were all audience tested. They were, and they were all essentially turn on the record button and then, you know, do some vocal overdubs and, and like maybe a guitar overdub here just to, just to fill out the sound. There was no. Right. It's like a, you know the typical post-hardcore way, right? Yeah, it was. It was, it was, <laughs> it was documenting <laughs> exactly. It was classic post-hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> and well, and so that's what didn't. So in those songs were yeah the more traditional band way where you you know write the songs together, you you go take them on tour, you play them for a while, you get good at them, and then you record them, and there you go, and you're off to the yeah, races. Yeah, the uh, live thing. You're. The recordings are sort of 
um, you know, supporting the live thing or almost, you know, it's sort of a little bit more of a minimum style. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, yeah, great mention because that was clearly one of the prime models. Exactly. You know? Well, and I mean, even even did that, uh, did, did, you even did a minimum cover on that one, that one thing, didn't you? I mean, it's not like you, how- yeah, yeah, there, yeah, we did a minimum cover. I was obsessed with the minimum. Ah, they're one of the best bands of all time. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came yeah. to them like bizarrely late in life, but I mean, God, it's one of the things like, how did I live without them? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, they're, they're all, I can still refer to them, but yeah, that, I mean, that model is less important to me now. I mean, it's not just, I'm not, it's to say that it's very, very important to who I am, but um, I, where I look now are very different places, you know, for in, inspiration. It's more like, I mean, you know, honestly like Kate Bush or, um, right, Robert right. White or, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of so many contemporary there are, but, um, it's not coming to me right now, but like, you know, those, those bands that were very, very like foundational for me, like the Minutemen, Black Flag, Fugazi, that kind of thing. Um, that's all, that's like deep in my, that's like in my basement, very important to <laughs> who I am, but no, I don't, it's not really what I refer to now when I'm, you know. Well, I mean, I think you've got a pretty, you're talking about <laughs> arcs. I think you've got a pretty good uh, series of records that you can just refer people back to if they, if they want to hear your, your take on that kind of thing. You know, I mean, sure. it's on a new, on new adventures. Commentary, you know, I mean, if you want to talk about post-hardcore, yeah, literally it was commentary on hardcore. And I, I think that's actually, what, you know, some one of the, I guess one of the good things about Unwound is, uh, and thank God Sarah joined the band. She helped us evolve to a, 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 a level, a, a different level, a, a sort of, um, what do you call it? Um, a deconstruction of that, which, you know, that's what I would say. Like, well, post-hardcore is deconstructing hardcore and doing, presenting it in a, in this other, this new way, rather than, oh, well, we're going to do a copy, a very good copy or, or a very bad copy of the thing, you know, and then you have the photocopy of the photocopy of the photocopy. <laughs> until, until it becomes a, uh, well, yeah, no, never mind. I'm not going to say, but photocopy. yeah. <laughs> Unwound was more like a collage, you, you clip art, <laughs> you know? And, well, yeah, uh, I mean, I felt like the art aesthetic for Unwound largely matched the music in, in a lot of ways. You know, the, there was, yeah. uh, like, it was a composite in, in a way and kind of like its own unique thing by nature of uh, it being through the, you know, the lenses of you guys and, and what you what what your band was to you. And I think that's... I know I found that very inspiring personally because I've always been a fan of, as I mentioned, you know, artists and bands that kind of do their own thing. And whoever wants to come along for the ride, awesome, come aboard. Otherwise, we'll be over here doing it. And right, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay either way. You don't have to be. Right. Uh, and so, one of the things that I think works with the Unwound discography is that I think that same spirit holds through the entire discography, which you really see in with the, the box set with the numeric group reissues. Uh, it just manifests in different ways. 
and that's kind of cool to see. It's kind of cool to have like a thing that has all that in one place too, you know? Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, I I think it's, it's cool that it's, it's unique in some ways that, that, that story was told. I mean, it was our story, but it was also, um, not a story that's, maybe it's not the most exciting story compared in, in, he doesn't have as much cultural cachet or whatever you want to say as some other stuff that has happening in the nineties. But, um, uh, so many, you, everybody heard the grunge thing over and over again, and it's been reiterated and like to death. And I, I was, uh, it was very satisfying that we got to do that because it was a, it was a different version of what, like a smaller version of what happened in the nineties. Um, um, and, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, that's it. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's all in one. <laughs> you no, know, I mean, there, I'm not, you know, I don't even need to promote it really, but there is that CD thing that I think just came out or people are, should be getting it pretty soon if they ordered it. Um, and the, the book is all in one chunk, you know, the whole, I mean, the whole thing is there and it, and it, and that band started basically in 1990 and ended shortly after the 90s. It, like we existed that whole time and we were teenagers in the late 80s. We were very much a product, like sort of the, the exact age of someone living through the 90s. And, you know, um, it's not like some kind of perfect storm or story or whatever you want to say, but it is very, I think it sort of represent, you know, it sort of represents, um, uh, one little slice of life of the nineties, which is, which, um, you know, not, not, um, hasn't been told a lot. So, you know, it wasn't in spin magazine exactly. And, right. and, um, there's, you know, there's been books written about that world, um, that never even, touched on i mean you know olympia um living in the shadow of seattle you know if you if the footnotes in those books are like well there was a beat happening there was a bikini kill there you know the right, right. <laughs> which, but you know which had a lot of cultural importance which is you know there's there's a lot more to it you know um that's what i'm saying i'm not saying like we're on the same level as that in terms of what effect we had in the greater picture of things, but it, it's one aspect that's kind of related to all these different things. There's like, we're kind of, we had our, we, we were at least around a lot of stuff. We were sort of, sort of touching <laughs> like with, we were within arm's reach of all these different scenes and, and weren't necessarily part of one thing, you know? So. And, and I think that you can hear that in the music as well. Like, uh, like I think that there's, there's definitely times that you can be like, oh yeah, like I see these guys, you know, probably were playing shows with Carp or, <laughs> you know, oh, I see that this is like, you know, this piece kind of, oh yeah, that comes from there. But it sounds because of that, because your, your environment was the way it was though, I think it made something pretty unique. So it's nice to be able to almost like with these box sets to kind of redefine 
uh, in this space of time, redefine that legacy, I guess, if that, if that makes sense. And to have the story told by people that know, instead of people trying to figure it out from conjecture and rumor. Yeah. And getting maybe salacious pieces of it, but not the, not the deeper story. Yeah. Well, and it was all in, in, and Ken Shipley from Numero um, was in that world, you know, Um, the, the hard, whatever, post hard, (laughs) post hardcore. Yeah. Uh, All roads go back to post hardcore. All that stuff. Um, And, you know, he, uh, it was all very intentional to make the mound thing reflective of that, of the spirit of that stuff, you know? And so, you know, in doing, in writing the, the, the liner notes, the booklet that comes with it, um, we, we didn't, you know, we tried to avoid the oral history thing. We got, we got a, a friend to write it. Who's a, you know, a, a sort of <clears throat> actually kind of involved in the whole thing. And, um, I don't know, tried to present it in a way that was, uh, I don't know, in the spirit of, I guess, that uh, aesthetic, that sort of politic that we were um, involved with, you know, that. <laughs> yeah, and. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I think I get where you're going with it. Like, it's just, it seems. Yeah, yeah it's. <laughs> not every band has that chance not every band would want that opportunity and not every band would be deserving of uh, of all of those things so i think it's 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 nice it's nice is what i'm trying to tell you it's nice justin yeah, yeah it's it is I... <laughs> this is some show sorry oh <laughs> uh, yeah well hell uh i'm I gotta say, man, it's it's great to see you to see you playing. And uh, what 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 can we expect from? We know there's some replicants stuff maybe in the future. Do we have another Nocturnal Habits record that we can yeah, uh, yeah. look for? There's there's a whole there's a whole bunch of songs ready to start unpacking. So and, um, and of course, the record which I don't think I even mentioned is called uh, "New Skin for Old Children." You can find it on Bad, uh, Bandcamp. Um, it's a uh, Fat Possum, I believe, right? Yeah, Fat Possum's the distributor, and um, yeah, that's out. Um, it's uh, yeah, we're going to be doing some more shows, a couple here in January, and um. Most uh, yeah, we're 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 still doing doing some shows, and then yeah, I want to start recording soon. I just need to get some. Uh, I just need to get my life together and start recording again. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that can say that, but uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been uh, 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 well for a lot of reasons, it's been crazy, but um, uh, but yeah, I I mean, I guess honestly, that's really. Um, what people that are creative types, you just need to keep, keep, uh, doing it. So, um, well, I appreciate that you do. And, uh, I, yeah, I'd love to see it. That's, so. a, that's a great inspiring. Yeah. I was going to say, I, that's as far as closing messages of peace and wisdom. No, I, I, sorry about that. No, um, but uh, I, 
yeah, to, uh, do, uh, despite whatever happens, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll store up my, um, my ammo and my food rations, but I'll keep doing music. So <laughs> very good. Well, I, I appreciate that about you. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to me tonight too. And it's, um, yeah. thanks. Thanks for, thanks for your time. And, 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 uh, yeah, it's, uh, good to talk to you again. It's, it's a hell of a record and uh, easily one of my favorites of the year. So I'm excited to, to hear whatever's next and yeah, man. Sounds keep, good. Keep Thanks. on, keep on keeping on. Okay. You as well. Take care. <laughs> All right. Take care, Justin. Okay. And we'll be right back.
There we go. That's Terminus by Unwound. Before that was Dragnalis by Unwound. Well, well, well. Here we are. Here we are again at the end of the show. Well, I'd like to thank Justin Trosper for being my guest on this thing on this lovely show this this time of uh these fictitious times of ours these times of great tragedy these times of waning hope that nocturnal habits record's great get it Get on Bandcamp. Go to uh, fatpossum.com. If that's more your speed. Is this thing on? Easily one of my favorite records of this year. Name of the show is Protonic Reversal. other shows this one is mine radioneutron.com for the archives this is my farewell thursdays 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific only in radio note signing off mr and mrs america and all the ships at sea say yes to nope one within the sound of my voice. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find your finer podcasts. Go get it. Give it a rating. Help a podcast out. I've got 50,000 watts of power. Go get it. Nocturnal Habits on Facebook, Twitter. I want to ionize the air. MySpace, mp3.com. <laughs> Maybe not those last two. Stay tuned. This microphone turns sound into electricity. There's more to come. Can you hear me now? Out on Route 128. Dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
Welcome to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? Broadcasting if there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day. Radio. 